Minds and Vibes Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tides and Vibes Podcast. Tides and Vibes. They were family. Roman sold the Usos and Sammy. Not anymore. <gasps> Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the role mod Hal, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Dan Dan Down, Danielle Radford. Damn. Oh, sorry. Dan Dan Down. Dan Dan? Dan Dan Down. Danielle Radford. Dan Dan Down. You gotta go over the middle rope and a Royal Rumble? Dan Dan Down. Oh, mommy. Just that dun-dun. And so fine stadium, Lindsay Kelk. Hi. Hello. I'm so excited. I don't know if anyone knows this. They mentioned it this week. It's WrestleMania season. I haven't even bought my tickets yet. Uh, I still got to talk to all of you about where you're sitting. Oh, uh, my couch. Well, yeah, you don't. I, I, how lovely. I and love I'll still you be wearing anything, masks. But like, yeah, you were not going to go. I'm not going. I talked to my father today. He, he, won, he He's going to the Super Bowl. Didn't even think to ask me if I wanted to go. Which not which is not an insult. It's he knows I'm not going to get on a plane to Phoenix to get in a group of people, half of whom I know where they're from. <laughs> not going to happen. Seen it too much. <laughs> also, let me say this. I've been to wrestling events and enjoyed them and had very good seats. And it's fun to be there live. There's no doubt it's fun to be there live crowd. But I prefer to watch it on until I found that I'm either looking up at the screen or in some cases, I had it on my phone. I was watching the network while I was at the live event. That's Wild. not. I've done that. Nice. Yeah. I've done nice. that. If I'm going to do that, I will save the money on a ticket. I'll put that towards pizza. It will be better pizza than the pizza we are eating. Yeah, but yeah. also how? I'm trying to get fucked. <laughs> Lindsay had to mute herself. <laughs> oh, then then just don't wear a mask. You'll get fucked real fast. <laughs> I went full Muttley. I was a full mute Muttley laugh on that one. It was like you couldn't hear it. You were like, <laughs> that's what that was. I'm so proud of you, Danielle. No, no, look, I, love uh, you. Uh, uh, I despise the term ring rat because no one is that. <laughs> People just make connections and do whatever. But what I am trying to do is get fucked when mania is in LA. I'm going to go ahead and put an asterisk on this. Whoever is listening to this, I'm not trying to fuck you. <laughs> uh, please don't come up to me at WrestleMania with your dick in your hand. Like, oh, so I heard that applications were open. <laughs> Here I am, if Danielle. You apply, if you would like to apply to fuck Danielle in writing <laughs> 30 days ahead of time, you can direct those applications to me. I will go through them. I will do a pre-screening. Oh, yeah, we need I like a filtering process. Appropriate recommendations and applications. Then we will consider an in-person meet. And then we may progress to a further stage. But there will be no walking up to Danielle with the dick in your hand. There'll be none of this. Because I will be there and I will chop it off. That's all I'm saying. Danielle, Danielle, I didn't know what to do. So here I am in WrestleMania, dick in hand, <laughs> asking you if this is the meetup. M-E-A-T. Uh, get it? Meet as in meet. It's in my hand. Oh, the police are here. There's a difference between a meet up and being up to the meet, Hal. There is a difference. There is a what very... is the, when did this become Caligula Mania? That doesn't matter. I, <laughs> I, mean, know, I, I can't. I don't want. I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, it I'm, was when we got tickets. Ho, I, excuse me. I have to go put another lock on my doors. <laughs> NXT Vengeance Day happened this past week. It seems 
kind of like small potatoes after the conversation we just had, and yet it did. <laughs> Hopefully, no small potatoes for you, Danielle. Small potatoes need not apply, though. It doesn't. It's how you use it. It's how you use the potato. A fingerling can be as good as a russet. There are n- there's All no right. such thing as a bad dick. There's only people with dicks that are bad. Oh, and also, oh God, also I'm gay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Happy Vengeance uh, Day to you, Hal. <laughs> I don't know who watched. Did anybody? I I hadn't watched NXT in a while, and I watched it. I didn't watch Vengeance Day. I assume Braun Breaker won, but I tuned into NXT, and uh, what a mishmash. And I mean that in a good, like, hey, look, here's a bunch of people figuring it out. Here's two guys cutting promos together that figured it out a long time ago, and there's just not room for them on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Trick and Carmelo, there's no room for them right now, right? I assume, like, they're just going to sit there and be the best thing on that television show for a while. I figure they're on their way up soon, right? Like, I, they can't After be... Mania. Yeah, I, they can't keep them there much longer. And they've said that NXT now is like, you're here for a minute, and if we don't have a place for you, we'll let you leave. So, I mean, they won't. But I think they have to bring them up soon. I do think they have to. Also, Kraken and KB Toys, I forget what their names are. One of them is the American Ninja Warrior girl, Casey Catanzaro. Yes. You mean Ricochet's ex-girlfriend? Yes, Katana Chance. Katana Chance. It's a terrible Stop. name. Stop, don't say it. I, I forgot it already. Name. Not only do I not remember those names, I don't remember her roommate and and t- I don't remember the other stage name. No, I know I Casey do. That's Carter. But that's her real name, right? Isn't that? Or it was her original name. They didn't change her name. Katana Chance I refuse to fuck with because it also does it not. Is Katana like a Japanese sword? Does that not feel a little? Well, Katana is, like, I think, probably a reference to Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, stop it, though. But don't, though. Uh, look, I second that. <laughs> I, I, I hate it. I uh, hate look, it. Look, I'm going to stand 10 feet tall on this. Uh-oh. 10 toes tall. Not 10 feet. I am in a lot of pain. Um, 10 toes tall on this. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat was the reason why I got into wrestling because when I first watched wrestling, it was Good Taker before we knew. And it was like all dark-sided and like weird. And I was like, yes, this is what I want to watch for the rest of my life because it's just like Mortal Kombat. So I get why so many specifically got like the lady wrestler gamers are so mm-hmm. into Mortal Kombat. I get it. But also, you can't just rely on the name. I did like them as heels. I feel like it's been a while. Like, they were kind of white meat baby faces for a long time. And it feels like their gimmick were, you know them from social media. And <laughs> and they're good wrestlers. Like, they're look, good look. at wrestling. You know them from being out but, and about in Florida during the lockdown. <laughs> now yeah, watch them on your television. Remember when they went to that rave during lockdown? <laughs> anyway, oh, we'll see you at Fuxlemania this weekend <laughs> in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I like them having lost their titles, being mad at the other woman whose name I do not remember. Don't remind me. If I don't know it, then they've done a bad job at making me remember it. The current NXT Women's Champion, who I enjoyed very much in the Rumble, obviously very skilled in the ring. Promo-wise, like, I, I walked away from it like, love them, love the two of them as heels. I couldn't tell if it was good or not. But she's that's the beauty sweet, of NXT. Baby. Yeah, she's, she's a sweet, They're, tiny baby. Was she 12? Who, yes, um, I believe she actually just um, turned 14. So, you know, happy birthday, her. I was going to sing the Stevie Wonder happy birthday to you, but that's <laughs> copyrighted. I'm sorry. <gasps> the Julia's like, no, no. Um, but I like oh. what they're doing with her. I think this is a good example of give someone the championship to help build them up. Because like you say, she has so much in-ring skill. And the only way you're going to get her better on the mic and to have more charisma as a champion is to have her do it. 
Yeah. So let's do it. That's what NXT is for now, right? So love it. Sink or yep. swim. And I think she will swim. All right. I, do you know you know the things that are happening on the internet now where it's like, start one, bench one, cut one, or F Mary Kit, like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm going to give you a binary. Only one of these things it stays on the air. Okay. Yeah. Choice number one is from SmackDown. It's Roman Reigns cutting his promo and getting attacked by Sami Zayn, who then challenges him for the undisputed Universal mm-hmm. Heavyweight Galactic Championship at Elimination Chamber. I never wanted anything from you until now. I want something from you now, and I'm going to take it. Because I am coming after you and the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship! Number two is Cody and Paul Heyman's promo from Raw. You, Cody, were his favorite son. But Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted. You only keep one. If you had to keep one and the other one never, ever happened. Just the, just the segment, not the overall story. Just the segment. Which one, which one would you keep? Well, it's Black History Month, so I'd have to keep Cody, right? <laughs> That's right. You don't want to be racist. He did solve racism in America. He solved yeah. it. Yeah. He, he marched on Washington. He did all of those things. Obviously, it's Black History he Month. He did go Cody. to Washington, but it was for the inauguration of the other guy. But now we know he was just doing, like, recon. So it's it's okay. It's okay. Clearly, <laughs> um, look, he made a whole ass black person so i'm sorry it's february i gotta give it up for my nigga in arms cody Rhodes. oh good lord oh, oh, oh julian made a face sometimes i just say things because i know julian will make a face <laughs> i don't know uh i if i had to cut one i i don't believe in feelings other than rage and retribution so i guess i would cut cody because they that that involved quite a lot of feelings there were men who had been to therapy in that ring and men mm-hmm. who had worked through things and who were trying to get in touch with childhood traumas and stuff. Whereas the other one, someone got their ass kicked and they were shouting at each other down a ramp. And I love a shout down a ramp. I love a shout down a ramp. You know what they all have in common? Black wives. Black wives matter. Black wives matter. Finally. <laughs> Sorry, Julian. Finally, we can say it. I'm the tiebreaker here, okay? Because we have one for each. The three of us know. Maybe nobody who listens remembers, but I'll just keep saying it until uh, I pass away in a week. The little details are what I like. Those are the things I like. And Roman getting in Sammy's face and doing a bunch of off-mic stuff that, of course, is being picked up by the camera. But not doing it in a microphone, getting really personal and really in his face was fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was top tier. And also slightly horny. Slightly. Just a little bit. Like, if Please. they kissed, would I have been mad about it? And then we wouldn't need a title match. That's all I'm saying. We're on, we're on the road to Foxylvania. That's True. The, everything True. is horny. Oh, having oh. said that, having said that, fucking to survive. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Having said that, the segment with Cody and Paul Heyman it made everything so personal and gave it such a great story builder segment. 
every match on that card should feel like the most important match. Everybody's job is to make their their match feel super important. You can't do it better. You don't even need Roman there, and you already like <laughs> it's already personal. I'm also annoyed that Sammy is challenging for the title so so quickly, but I don't think this is the end of that story. I think there's a lot more to come, but it feels like like oh, this feels like a lot. How are they going to pull this off? But also, as a fan, you go, oh, how are they going to pull this off? The way that I feel about the story is, I honestly think that this, we're now at um, Act 3. And so I feel like now that we're in Act 3, this story will carry into the mania after this mania. It can go forever for oh, me. Like, I I love this so year. much. And you're so right, Hal. Like, Heyman did, Heyman did a Heyman. He elevated that exactly. storyline in a heartbeat. Yeah. He, exactly. he is... Just, I mean, I know we say it all the time, but like, what a talent for a man who never laced up the boots. Like, what a talent. And he incorporated him into the Bloodline storyline. He also pulled Roman into a separate storyline with Dusty and Cody. You know, we talked about this a while back saying this was a way they could do it, was to make it family versus family and be like, you know, he has the Bloodline, he has the family, and, you know, Mm -hmm. Cody also has a family. To do the... Oh, Roman's the son he never had. Oh, woof, woof. Yeah. When you know Cody's going to cry, because that's what Cody does. Loves a fucking cry, does Cody. Dude, he likes leaking from any area in his body. Eyes, (laughs) head. (laughs) He just loves to leak. Shoulder. But no, that's exactly right. Like, that's why I think that this is literally, like, this is going to take us through probably Mania next year, even involving Sammy. The way Cody mentioned Sammy and brought him in and was like, yeah, congrats to my friend, Sammy. And it's like, oh, will he be your friend in a couple of weeks? Is he going to be your friend come mania? Is this going to get real messy? (laughs) I know. I'm like, like, he wouldn't say, Sammy wouldn't say that he's his best friend, but he would say (laughs) that Sammy is his best friend. Sorry, I just I can't stop making a reference to a CM Punk documentary from ten years ago. I don't think it's bad. It just makes it's me laugh. It's my favorite. It's my favorite ridiculous wrestling reference of all time. But no, I definitely it is one of those things where it's like, yo, I um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to like brag, but I like write some stuff sometimes. Oh God, that sounds terrible. That even sounds awful and braggy. Oh God. <laughs> you know what it is? You're taking something that doesn't need to be a brag, but you're saying it braggy. So that you can so that you can explain it away as bragging. I'm Dan splaining. You Someone do write take the mic away from me. Just say you're a writer. You're a writer, and what do you think? As a, as a writer, let me. I'll, I'll set you up, Danielle. Let's make this easier. Thank you, because my mom listens to these podcasts, and she's always like, "I have no idea what you're talking about, baby." But I'm glad that you like wrestling. If I hear you talk shit about yourself one more time, I'm gonna throw my computer into a fucking wood chipper. How about that? Ready? Okay. That goes for everybody here. I'm tired. I I can't. I have no more room in my life for people to talk shit about themselves. I will fucking lose it. I will fling my shit around like a goddamn ape. I want to imagine people listening to this in their cars just hitting their horns so hard right now. Yes, Hal. Does everybody everybody understand? When you wake up in the morning. Absolutely. Is is what I said understood by everybody here? Verbal yes, confirmation. Hal, Hal, Hal. Yes, Hal. Okay, <laughs> Danielle. Danielle, you are a writer. Uh, what's your opinion on this? As a writer, <clears throat> well, as far as long term storytelling goes, like obviously, um, this has been 
an example of why, and this is why I like factions. And I know that we all have different opinions about factions. Not everyone likes them and that's okay. But I like factions because what I like about them is to me, it's like building an ensemble and like an ensemble TV show where it's like, it opens up the door to so many different interactions and ways that they can play against each other or not. Someone can take the background for a while and then come up and we already know them. So when it's right, it's their time to take the foreground. We know them and we're already on their side or at least if they're villains, we're not on their side, but we see their point and we're following the storytelling. And so that's why I am a faction bitch. I think there's another thing to factions too from a psychological level. Like people, we identify with groups of people because that's how people, like everybody wants to know from from the micro level of like, do I have a place in this conversation? How can I contribute to what is my place in the universe? Uh, who is my friend group? That's something you figure out at a very young age and it, and it evolves over time. But we're always looking for for our groups of people, either common interests or feelings or or a support network. So, you know, we identify with groups of people we like because they welcome us in and they care for one another and groups of people we don't like because they use their their power as as a mob of people to terrorize other people. Mm. So there there's an aspect of that and then you see the per- you everybody had a friend in school who is part of your friend group but also hung out or had a good relationship with people who tortured the shit out of you and you don't want to see someone you like with a group of people you don't like. And you go, why are you trying to get into that group? I think that a lot of people, especially people who have watched 90s comedies or 2000s comedies now, there's always that one person in the friend group that's like, hey, I'm only with them because they don't bully me if I'm with them. (laughs) I was the Sammy in that group when I was in Mm -hmm. high school. So that's, I think a lot of us might be that person. And that's why we identify so heavily with Sammy, where it's like, I'm hanging out with you because you let me, because you are bullies and you bully everyone else. But like, if I hang out with you, I'm safe. You can look at any cartoon, various cartoons, various things where part of someone's character is, you know, uh, it's like Stormer and Gem and the Holograms. God, I'm old. And so that, I think, is where we all come in with Sammy. For the duration of his time in WWE, he's either been turned on. Like, he's never found that group. Kevin Owens turned on him. Yeah. He was on Raw and and couldn't get the whole thing with Mick Foley where, like, he was being undervalued. Then he's with that heel group and they break it. Like, he is looking for somewhere to belong. And then he finally finds it and he doesn't give it up. And he gets in and and he's great. And then ultimately, like, he realizes that wasn't really what he was looking for. Yes, but now all I want to talk about is the bloodline as the plastics. Uh, and cast wrestling uh, and Mean Girls together. Because obviously Roman's Regina yeah. George. Obviously. <laughs> but then who's who's Gretchen? Is this is Jimmy Gretchen? Yeah, Jimmy's Gretchen. Jimmy's Gretchen because Jay is too outspoken. <laughs> Right? And Paul Jay. Heyman is 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 uh is uh is, is he a man Tina of Fey? Yeah, no, he's uh he's Amy Poehler. <laughs> he's Amy Poehler. Oh, he's a cool oh yeah, mom. I'm you a kids cool keep mom. him young. I, I, I'm the cool dad. 
Which means, I guess, Jay and Solo are going to have to fight for who has a sixth sense. Who can tell when it's going to rain? Who has ESPN? Uh, although, I mean, now it's Solo because Jay's out. Well, and that's what's great about Cody is because Cody is, he doesn't even go here. It's just magical. Yeah. It's just magical. Uh, Kevin Owens is Janice Ian. So this all plays in very nicely. Uh, guys, call us. If you, you know, WWE is going to Hollywood and you need new skits, call us. We will write this one for you. I'll do it for free. You don't even need to talk to my agent. I'll do it. Um, I'm her agent. She won't do it for free. (laughs) (laughs) If you've got any thoughts on the final few shows before Elimination Chamber or any of the things that we've talked about, you can share with us. We're always there for you. Just go to our Facebook group or find us on all the other socials via the links in the show notes. Are we on Mastodon? Who knows? I'll never be on there. I can't figure it out. I'm sorry, Dan. When we come back, it's the best wrestler turned full-time actor. That's up next on Tyson Fights. Oh, Russ. Hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I found you in line. These clouds are really freaking me out. I hate having to stand in line. And boy, what a line. These giraffes do not smell good. No, they do not. And they have such short necks. But I'm hearing we need to get on this we arc. we got to get on the arc. It yeah. is about to rain. God is about to destroy humanity. Hey, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Are you Noah? Yeah, I know we look like humans, but we're actually, <laughs> yes, we're <totally>. podcasters. <laughs> we are podcasters, so it's different. Have you heard of Ono, Ross, and Carrie? We investigate spirituality, claims of the paranormal, stuff like that. And you have a boat and say the world's going to end, so seem like something for us to check out. We would love to be on the boat. We came two by two. What do you think? Ono, Ross, and Carrie, available on MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to... Anal bleeding. Whoa! Rhymes with shit. Holy shit! I love Kate! On a hard fart victory. Live, Hal. What? Batista was one of WWE's biggest stars during the Ruthless Aggression era, coming up as part of Evolution. And after years of wrestling as the WWE and World Champion, he's now retired and shown his chops as an actor in everything from the MCU to M. Night Shyamalan films. This place is nothing without me! And I'll go bankrupt within a week! All of you will be so bored, you'll never watch the show again! You're paid to see me! You think I won't quit? You think I won't do it? I quit! I feel like I watched a lot of Batista's career, like more than I thought I would have. And I only remember moments. I remember him in the wheelchair. I remember the give me what I want. Blutista, of course. I remember the thumbs down when he turned on Evolution. I even remember him as as Devon's heater. There has been another follower. That's right. This follower will be here to protect the Devon building fund. That's right. I want everybody to get up out of your seats. Put your hands together for Deacon Batista. 
Look at the sun. You must have some good gyms in church, huh? I've talked about like during this era, I was like not doing anything with women, not doing anything with Danielle Radford as though that made a difference. It fucking didn't. But so I missed a lot of Batista's like big stuff with evolution and all of those things. Uh-huh. And so going back, obviously, man, I would say as a wrestler, it's very like, oh, like he's very good and he's very talented. Would I have pegged him for a Hollywood star? Fucking no. And he's constantly like, I don't want to just be like the bulky action star. In fact, he's kind of hinted that he's going to lose some of the bulk. I want to do interesting roles. I want people to think that I'm interesting. And I'm like, oh, man. That is the kind of freedom that money provides. <laughs> you know, when when you're a wrestler going into acting, you can go what was the Hulk Hogan route, which is like just big. You star in a bunch of stuff. I think the the you know he made a bunch of crappy movies that were all while he was still under contract. I can't believe you're speaking about the man with the iron fists in this way, Hal. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> to do that Scorpion King to you. three. A banger. <laughs> but, uh... Nice no, I, I, Take that, it back. There was, like, the Hulk model where he's just a big star and, and nothing worked. Then The Rock has been a part of things that make a lot of money. But it feels like the knock on him, by and large, is that when he is the star of a film, it doesn't do as well. He's not the kind of guy who... He checks every box for a movie star. And I do think he's very talented. It I just think. seems like, economically, if you look at the hits... He is like in the Fast and the Furious movies. Those those made a lot of money. He was in The Mummy Returns. That made a lot of money. Scorpion King did well, but it wasn't like a smash hit. The Rundown, I think, is a, is a really fun movie. That didn't make a lot of money. Black Adam is what Black Adam was, and it's really hard to peg the success of a film in the in the COVID-19 era. Thoroughly enjoyed Jungle Cruise. Don't know how well it did. Love Jungle Cruise well, too. Jungle Cruise was also, I believe, um, was one that was also released on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it was. It was. Yeah, choosing your projects, the ability to choose good projects is key. And I think the, I really think the blueprint for choosing good projects is John Cena. I can't think of outside of the Marine, outside of like the WWE films he's done. I'm hard pressed to think of something he said yes to that wasn't like a really good use of him and didn't make him better or make the thing he was in better. Every commercial he's done, because he's done millions of commercials. Yeah, the, the way that we know that he's the most game for anything was when they were like, hey, in Totabellas, we're going to make you look like you are extremely <laughs> unhinged and surrounded <laughs> by a moat as a man in the tw- <laughs> That and his agents said, told sure. me that, too, when I was in that. So, it, you know. Didn't, didn't hurt his projects. I will say Batista, I think, is the same. Outside of the the movie he did with Kumail, which I really wanted to like. It wasn't terrible, but just felt uh, like... Stuber? Stuber, thank you. I really wanted to like that movie. And they're both good at, like, anything that hasn't done well has been no fault of his. But he also, getting cast as Drax, opened up so many Ooh. doors for him. And he was so great in it. Obviously, he's like, I don't think anybody, could you, I don't think I could have predicted based on what I saw in WWE that he would be this good at any point as an actor. Do you know what I wish? Like, I would love to, which is something, a wish that will never be granted for me, but I would love 
to have been in the room with him when he was having some of these early conversations. Like when he was talking to Denis Villeneuve about Blade Runner. Like, oh my God. what did you give in that conversation that made him go, yep, yep. And then, because obviously he brought him on to Dune too. So like he obviously respects him and loves him as an actor and has worked with him twice now. But I would just love to have been in the room to see that conversation that they had when it was like, I'm going to put you in this like very artsy, but like high budget, high pressure mm-hmm. role. Because mm-hmm. I don't even know if Cena could have done that. Like, and that's not me knocking Cena again, but it's like, that's what Batista brings when he brings the weirdness. And I love that about him. I love the weirdness. His whole thing was like, I'm the enforcer. I'm like a big, that's what I sound like when I, I'm the enforcer. I'm like a big <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was in the room with us. I truly did. <laughs> yeah, I like really. to hang out with Ric Flair. Look, and everyone has layers. There are some wrestlers who I think could learn from the things that Batista has done in terms of he has clearly been taking acting classes. He has clearly been taking voice and diction classes. He has clearly been doing the work. He got that belly button tattoo covered up. More things that they could learn. (laughs) He's clearly been caring and trying. And I just think that for anyone who is doing a crossover career, at a certain point, you get to be discerning. And I think that for um, some people, maybe that's worth more than money. Well, before before Julian, uh, before his head explodes, let's hear a little bit of Batista's entrance music. Yeah, I just did it for that one part. Hell, I'm sorry. It's okay. I love it. It was worth it. Um, (laughs) so he he starts out. He really starts out as Deacon Batista with uh with with. Reverend Devon Dudley or Brother Devon, I, I forget what he called himself at that time. But then he replaces Mark Jindrak as the enforcer of evolution. Mark didn't quite work out. Alongside Triple H, Ric Flair, and Randy Orton. Dave Batista, six foot five, three hundred and twenty-five pounds of genetic stopping power. Unbridled destruction i always remember early on because they all wear suits they were really doing like this is the modern four horsemen and part of that Mm -hmm. is the guys get suits (laughs) (laughs) that's how you know they're serious they're wearing suits he he looked like a kid like when you had to go to bar mitzvahs when you're like 13. <laughs> no, in the UK, um, everyone gets a, a lot of dudes get their first suit. So you do a day when you're like 15 or 16 and you do a career day and you do two days where people come in and tell you about jobs and stuff. And then you have to do like a faux job interview with one of your teachers and you have to come in dressed as though you're going for a job interview. And every time I see them come out in those suits, I'm like, oh, it's career day. It's career day at WWE today because it's every boy you've ever known wearing school uniform and just like band t-shirts comes in in a very ill-fitting cheap suit and you're just like, oh, did mom make it get it a bit yeah. big so you'll grow into it? In the US, they teach us how to fill out a job application and then tell us to go to Ross. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I obviously did mine and <laughs> you know they I'm were right like, 
<laughs> I was told to be a teacher, which I just thought was very lazy from a teacher. I was like, you've not even tried. That's what you do. Like, come on. He had an interesting run. He was tag champ with Ric Flair for a while, held the world titles. He was a face a lot of the time for a singles run. Mm. But I think his heel he stuff later alone. on. He did well, he walks alone. He's, uh, he walked alone. That's when he left. Because oh, he didn't really have his own music. I think he got that music when he left. Yep. That was, uh, he, I think he And that's when he got the machine gun. 2005. WrestleMania 21. WrestleMania went to Hollywood for the first time. Do you have favorite, like a favorite feud, a signature feud? When you think of Batista, is it like John Cena, Rey Mysterio, something like that? What 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 comes to mind? I feel so bad because I got nothing. Because this was when I was not watching it. Uh, this was that was you know when no I was coming out of college and and going into women. school That's and not okay. having the channels that it was on, uh, and there were no women. Uh, so if I knew of Batista. I obviously went back and saw a lot of Batista. I was aware of the belly button tattoo. That sure. was really key for me. I don't want to make too big of a deal out of it. When you're looking for a way to grab hold of someone and you weren't watching the the era, you're like the fellow with the belly button tattoo. Yeah. So when he came back into the Daniel Bryan storyline, mm-hmm. that was sort of like the biggie for me. And that's when my brother was like, Just let me sit down and tell you the ballad of Dave Batista and all of the terrible <laughs> things he did, but also all of the lovely things he's done with with doggies. I, I didn't know how to feel about Dave until more recently when I am now obviously very pro-Dave. But I am easily as familiar with his work as an actor as I am contemporaneously with his work as a wrestler. I think his, you know, uh, there are other people, and I, th- I think of The Rock when I think of this, like, I kind of think of his wrestling career and his Hollywood career in tandem, and that he was a huge star at a huge time of professional wrestling. Maybe the second biggest, mm. the arguably the biggest, at least the second biggest it ever was nationally popular, and he was one of the faces of it. Now he is a huge Hollywood star, they kind of even out for me, sure. John Cena being being a big star and also being a wrestling star, those kind of work in tandem. But for Batista, it feels like such a line between he was this like monster in wrestling who moved well, good wrestler, came into it late. Like his story is really fascinating. If you ever have a chance to watch one of his one of his like Disney-fied WWE documentaries, it really is actually an interesting. It's still an interesting look at how he how he came up. But his movie career feels so separate because he was already out of it, out of uh, wrestling for a while. And now he's like, they just don't feel the same because nothing is bigger than Marvel. Yeah. And him being part of that. And he was in Marvel at the time when it popped off too. Like he was in that absolute core. When Guardians, you know, no one knew what to think of Guardians. So when it came out and blew up, that that was, I think, when it won a lot of people's hearts. That's when we got Hearts and Minds was Guardians because it went from being action movies to being funny action movies. And it's like, oh, I care about this. Like I care about these characters. To Lindsay's point, it's not like he pops off now. Like um, Harry Styles just like shows up with um who was that Pat Oswalt? It was just like, yeah. like the Oswald. end of Eternals uh, where they just had like someone left over from Trolls and they were like Yeah, this? exactly. And Harry Styles is just there like, "Hi. I'm Hello. Harry Styles." Hello, you governor. Know who I am. I'm Harry Styles. I stole Beyoncé's Grammy. Um <laughs> so like you don't <laughs> whereas um with Batista it was all like I had to explain who Batista was to like my parents. And he earned that and now they know who he is and they're like, "Oh, if you like dudes like John Cena and The Rock and Batista and you watch wrestling, 
maybe wrestling is good. And I'm like, do you want to watch some with me? And they're like, we're going to go outside and maybe go to the pool. <laughs> we're going to grill. Like they follow the math, but no. Like It's like, no. I see how you got here. I can see you're working, but no. And I get it. <laughs> we asked everybody out in the nation a conversation to share their thoughts on Batista. And our friend Matt Ricardo, who we have to have back on sometime, said he was in the audience at one of the live shows I did with William Regal. I made a joke at his expense, which got a nice laugh. And then I, ooh, as the audience looked at him, then back at me. He came backstage after. I said, please don't kill me. And he giggled and gave me a 10 out of 10 hug. Love that. I don't know what I would give because it's a lot. To get a Batista hug. I bet it's such a good hug because he's got the wrestling hugging skills and he's got the movie hugging skills. And I bet they teach you how to do the hugs in the Marvel press press training. And I just, I think it's, I think it would be, an, and he hugs doggies. He hugs doggos. That was what I was going to say. So like, have to add I just really think, and, he, and they're big doggos. And I could be the size of a big doggo. And you're kind of dressed like Batista when he's taking pictures with his doggos. I, I mean, the man loves a hat. That man loves a fucking fedora. And he's the only sure. one that I will allow. It's the only one that I will allow. He looks like every woman I see at Cafe on 27 when I go to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's his aesthetic, and I'm here for it. That's not it. an insult. He, That's it is just a little bit like divorced, divorced mom, and yeah. I love that for him. <laughs> the Wapush on Twitter. I don't know if it's the Wapush or Wapushi, or or if it's the Wapush on Twitter. Said his emergence from the breakup of Evolution was one of the best stories of that era. For years, my friends and I would call giving something a thumbs down Batistaing. <gasps> Batista, that was a common refrain among us. Love it. Love, love it. it. Love Jared on Facebook said, the best wrestler turned actor, hands down. He rescues dogs and is a great LGBTQ plus ally, too. <gasps> yes! Right. yes. His, he has two, his mom. Truly. He was raised by, by two lesbian women, Can't which is we, lovely. I, I'm sorry. I just need a second to be like, Batista on Twitter, he don't put up with no guff and he don't know or care who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Batista is very like, uh, uh, he's one of those people where I'm like, oh no, Batista just tweeted. I'm going to see a bunch of people be like, uh, stick to sports, bro. <laughs> no, he's allowed. And I think, yeah, he really has transitioned into that new space where he straddles both. Like he kept all of his fans and then he gained so many fans as well. Some people, when they leave wrestling, they lose all it. You know, it's like, oh, he left. No, he betrayed yeah. us. He's a part timer. He went to Hollywood. But I think because he never felt like he was pushed down our throats. It never felt like he was the chosen one yes. to move into Hollywood. It felt so organic that he did this by sheer hard work. I think it made people admire him that much more. And also the man needs a rom-com. The man needs a rom-com. He's asked for a rom-com. Needs- Get him a rom-com. If you want to share some thoughts on Batista, visit us on any of our social network accounts via the links in our show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Oh my gosh, hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture trivia podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches. It goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech on why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out sound rebus clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. 
All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tyson Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by... Danielle Bradford. And... Lindsay Kelk. Now it's time to share the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Danielle, what would you like to put over? I think we all know that I am a huge, huge fan of when wrestlers go balling out on Twitter. And there's been a lot of it that week, this week. Um, And some of it, like, I'm not going to debate over because I don't know facts. But what I will say is that one thing that seems obvious is that everyone in the WWE locker room has a super fucking crush on on Sheamus. Everyone loves Sheamus. They all love hanging out. They all love doing whatever. And so Sheamus went and worked out with obviously one of our favorites here, LA Knight, and uh, took like a really cute photo of them posing LA Knight's like doing a whole thing they're in it together and like look the banger bus obviously hilarious but also Seamus feels like he's one of those dudes that is just like just a locker room leader and someone people really like and him posting this photo with him and LA Knight is really sweet and really cute and Julie will put it in the link I like friendship (laughs) and who wouldn't I love it Lindsay? I um, am looking at that photo, but also... Look, the thigh meat. The thigh meat. Yeah, that's dark meat. That is all thigh. Um, I'm a thigh gal. Thigh's the best part of the chicken. It's underrated. If you go to a butcher, they'll tell you to get thighs. They'll tell you to cook it long and slow. So delicious. So delicious. Sheep pan dishes. One pan. No dishes. Mm -hmm. Dude, um, dude, dude, I, I have the uh, recipe <laughs> for the um, place that rhymes with icky house where they would do that their thigh meat sheet pan thing. Anyway, we'll talk. They to do you. the thing. It's love month. So more love for me, please. All the love, all the love. And um, I am giving a special shout out to my favorite wrestling couple, Beth and Edge. And their oh. entrance on Raw. This is such a dumb moment, but it made me so happy. And I was watching Raw with Jeff and he wasn't paying proper attention. And I made him rewind it and watch it. Uh, and I'm sure everyone <laughs> saw it. And then I saw Beth post about it on Instagram. But when they came out and Beth came out looking like a total badass and uh, Edge is doing his running up and down and meeting everyone as they come out. And Beth stood there looking like an absolute goddess and edge couldn't help himself and went and pinched her butt and then as they started walking down the ramp he pinched her butt again and she gave him such a look and i said you're in trouble sir but you're also going to get it and she then Mm. posted on instagram a picture of her giving him the look when i believe the caption is uh i said don't you know this entrance take it seriously it's not time to play grab ass and then this is adam right after he grabbed my ass um and i just love their love and i love that they're horny for each other i love the, you know, mother and father. Um, they are mother. They are father. I love them dearly. They're wrestling's mommy and daddy. You know, Dom and Rhea are mommy and poppy, but Edge and Beth are mommy and daddy. And it it gave me so much joy. I love love, and I love seeing it. They have kids. I love that they get out and they still make time for each other. It made me oh. so happy. <laughs> They're in their forties, y'all. It's just, not a given. They're mommy and Dom Dom. Mommy and Dom Dom. Yeah, Mammy and Dom Dom for sure. Mommy and Dom Dom. 
mommy and daddy. Uh, I don't know who this professional wrestler is, but I'm one of my many a stroll and scroll through TikTok where all of my personal information was sent abroad. I got to see no professional wrestler <laughs> wander into a fast food restaurant, super kick a woman, and super kick another woman for looking at him, then get the stunner from the first woman, and then he got speared. And it's so great and so much fun. Yes. And this guy is a professional wrestler. I have I did go and find clips of him. I'm sorry I don't know his name. Somebody who does out there, please give him props, because this is hilarious and a lot of fun. Here's a little audio from it. What are you doing? Why are you watching? Oh. <laughs> it's just a, that's nothing but a good time right there. <laughs> that does really it for this fun. episode of Tights really and Fights. Good. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. I, I have stuff all over the place. Listen to other episodes. Listen to uh, other episodes of the show. You can hear me promote things, <laughs> and then you're also listening to the show, uh, which I'm on. And follow me at Hell Loveland on social media. Danielle? I told y'all for the TTP RPG folks who like that kind of thing, I told y'all I was doing another one. It is on Stream Deck. I am doing a Star Trek TTRPG. It's really fun. We all work building ships, but we work on like, in like a dockyard. It's great. It's amazing. I've been tweeting about it a bunch. It's really fun. And if you like slinging them dice and watching people sling dice, that's where you can watch me sling dice. Love you. Lindsay? I'm I'm in my room, in my pajamas, writing 18,000 things right now. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even on social media at the minute. I've been so busy. Uh, but there's a bunch of books you can go and read. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're desperate If you're desperate for more Celt content, uh, you can get those books at your library. You can get them on uh, e-readers. You can buy them in bookstores. You can get them wherever you like. There's rom-coms. There's kids' books. All kinds of shenanigans. Go have fun with it. Our producer is the punimal Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. You can find them in the show notes. It's also where you can find the official Tights and Fights t-shirt. And then you can click the link and buy it. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast Tights and Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.